This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Take Command podcast from Odyssey Sports. That is Logan Paulson. I am Craig Hoffman. And the Commanders get the win last night. They do end the streak, but there is a lot more to talk about with Sam Howell playing an entire half. Uh, a lot of the offensive starters joining him. The injury to Terry McLaurin shows the risk side of that equation. Plenty of defensive starters played as well, Logan. So plenty to chew on from last night. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, everyone is going to be talking about the streak and it's cool. Like I think it is, it's a, it's a cool little tidbit that's going to be used in trivia one day. But, um, you know, in terms of being meaningful or like, oh, the saying the commanders have arrived, I'm not sure that it's it's that kind of data point. I think there's other things in the game that are definitely more significant. So, yeah, it's cool. It's fun. Um, you know, I think it's really fun for those kind of back end of the roster guys like they got to do the two minute drive and you got to see from and how absolutely fired up he was on the sideline and some guys, some young receivers making huge plays, offensive line pass protecting. That's huge for those guys, no doubt, because they're going to get a ton of visibility off of that. But, um, you know, in, t- in terms of the grand scheme of things, I don't think it it really matters, you know, so. Yeah, no, not at all. But winning's always better than losing. And and I think what was cool is you get a little bit of situational football. You get to yeah. see, you know, the, obviously the threes. But, I mean, at the end of the first half, the ones got a two-minute drive yeah. as well. Um, let's, let's start off big picture, though. Not big picture wins and losses, but big picture strategy. Like, they played a lot more yeah. than certainly I think we would have played them if we were in Ron Rivera's position. Um, they played a lot more than I think even people who thought they were going to play uh, were ultimately said like, hey, they'll they'll play you know a couple of series, don't expect much. Sam Howell and company were out there the entire half. Andrew Wiley played one series, but then it was behind the two backup tackles, yeah. with Leno not dressing. Um, Trent Scott was was the guy who got the the number two call at right tackle. Um, he replaced Andrew Wiley after just one series, and he and Cornelius Lucas held down the fort. Thought the offensive line was was very good. Um, the two sacks Howell said were on him, and uh, I don't think he's just covering from the O line there. No, uh, I but I, I what'd you make of of that much play time against Baltimore's twos? And knowing that it was going to be against their twos going in. Yeah, I mean, 43, 43 reps, man. That's a lot of reps uh, in a preseason game for anybody, you know. And so, I don't know. I think it's something that I think we've, we wanted, we wanted, you know. Like, I don't know if we wanted him to play that much. But I think we both acknowledged in the pregame pod that it would be better if Sam did play. And I think this is one of the reasons why. You just get him seeing NFL defenses. You get him working the chemistry with Terry and Jahan and Curtis and, and again, I, in some ways, like people are like, oh, it's against the twos. And, and I'm one of those people like, you know, this isn't this isn't real football. You know, like this is not what he's going to be seeing on Sundays. But, you know, in, in the same way that you would scale a workout or you scale, you know, anything in your life, right, to kind of work up to that elite level of stuff like this is a really nice thing to do because and people say, well, why is that, Logan? And for me, one of the things that I think is tremendously valuable is you get the quarterback seeing and going through progressions against a very good defense. It's going to be maybe not quite as good as what he's seeing in practice, not quite as what he's good as what he's been seeing against, um, you know, like in the joint practices, but it does allow him to kind of work the drill in a way that he hasn't been able to work the drill. Like one year, I remember we did um, with Mike, we, what we did is we kind of split the team up in terms of Ones would go against twos and twos would go against ones. Like two offense would go against one defense and vice versa. And we had two completely separate practices. And that was the year that like I got really good at football, honestly, just because I got more reps. 
And I think that's what you're seeing with Sam is like, you're seeing him get more reps against a pretty good defense. And again, like the rush isn't going to be what it's going to be. The coverage isn't going to be what it's going to be. But I think like those reps are super, super important. And, you know, like, would we have played him that much? Would I have played him that much? Probably not. But again, like I think EB, I think Ron understand how important it is for him to get those reps. And I think for his development, it just gives you like a, a confidence going into week one that like, Hey man, like he's seen it, he's done it. He's looked great. He's looked sharp. And, um, and so, yeah, that's kind of like my thought on that. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're not as difficult reps as will be, you know, I don't know. Arizona's not very good, but uh, against, you know, the best teams in the league, obviously against ones and even against Arizona, like these are backups yeah. um, compared to what Arizona's got, which they've got, you know, there's no Buda Baker out there last night. Right. But yeah. these are all like, this is way harder than it was in college. Like these are the best players in all of college football yeah. under NFL defensive coordinator uh, out there, you know, doing, doing their thing. So this is, this is the hardest game uh, outside of the Dallas game that Sam Howell has, has probably ever played in. Um, and that's, that's valuable. I think the, you know, you see the, the downside, the, the reason you don't do it is because of the injury. And if McLaren is out for a while, like, yikes, man, like that's, that's tough. Um, but yeah. it, when we said we wouldn't have done it that much, it was just to mitigate that risk. Um, it mitigate that downside it's not to say that this wasn't valuable. And I think it, you know, that, that kind of can get lost in the argument. It's like, Oh, well he's survived. Now you're saying it's good. You said it was, you know, not worth it. And you know, it's easy to say after the fact when the risk does not, you know, go that direction that, uh, Oh, well you guys were wrong. And it's like, no, the risk was there the whole time. It was just a matter of percentages and you didn't want to end up on the wrong side of it. But now that it's done, now that, uh, Sam gets out of this game clean, um, I think you can definitely talk about the value of these reps and, and what you saw. And I think what you see, a couple of things that, that really impressed me, um, obviously some of the quick game stuff gets the ball out quickly on time, on target. Um, and I love how there's answers in this offense for the quarterback. Sure. Aikman uh, regarded on that in the broadcast as well, that you know when you watch the Kansas City offense, when you watch this offense, you see the answers there quickly. And I think Sam in those situations did a good job of getting the ball out to the right place. You know, you're locked in on one guy, it's there, you make the throw. If not, you quickly get to the next. And I thought he was good on that. But I think the biggest thing, Logan, for me that I was impressed with was how confident he was in the offensive line. He never panics. And you oh, know, yeah. there are times that he scrambles, but there's times, uh, and, and like that's the right play, but there are times that he knows pressure is coming and he's like, they're going to pick it up. And often you see quarterbacks, when they know pressure is coming, even if the O-line picks it up, they still feel rushed. They still feel hurried. And there are times last night he's just like, all right, we got it. Like, I'm going to sit back here and let these longer routes develop because now they're, their number's down on the back end. And some mm. of their bigger plays come against pressure that the O-line and the backs pick up. And Sam's willing to just sit there and let the protection do its thing and, and you know, dart a ball to someone down the field from the pocket. Yeah, and I think and I think that's another one of the advantages of of working in this situation is because like you you get to build a confidence in the O-line. Like I like just think about how it looked against Cleveland. Um obviously in the first preseason game, like there was a, like a more pressure, you know, we talked about how good the four guys played and, you know, Wiley had a tough outing in terms of giving up a lot of pressure, but even that, like it felt faster. It was a, the pockets compressed more quickly. And I think that's something you're going to see more probably, um, you know, obviously in a regular season game, but one of the, one of the advantages here of like ones working against twos is, is that, you know, he gets to, sit and trust the protection know that his guys are going to win one-on-one -on -one matchups and like like you said see the concepts in a way that he can't see them in practice then he it kind of it's very akin to like a, a seven on seven plus and i think that was one of the advantages for sam is you get to really feel the protection the o-line won their matchups it's not like there's bad rushers out there but definitely not the guys that we were talking about in practice like you know pierce isn't out there um, the kid from Penn State isn't out there for them, like Queen and Roquan Smith. None of those guys are out there, so it's going to feel and move a little bit different. It's going to be like, you know, almost in slow motion. And I think that's what you saw is, is you have to see him kind of execute the offense at a high level. And I think that's something we've – you mentioned the answers within the offense. I think you got to see that. You get to see him work through that, which is something that I think is super important. So, you know, like, um, again, like this is – I think this is good. It's good for him to get the reps. And I think, you know, you mentioned that, you know, we were kind of like anti him playing. I don't know if we were anti him playing. What I was anti is that if he was going to play, that all the other starters were going to play. That was something that I was kind of anti. And so, 
you know, that's why like Terry McLaurin, you know, like you're exposing him kind of unnecessarily. And I, you know, like, like you, you pointed this out, like every time you play football, you're exposing yourself to a certain amount of risk, but I don't know. I think overall feel good about what Sam did feel, feel really good about what the offense did. I think it's important to give it the context that, Hey, this isn't the ones, but I think when you look at the performance, you say, man, that's excellent. And I also like wanted to give a little bit of context in the sense that like, how many years have we seen somebody go out and ball in the preseason that struggled in the regular season? So again, like this is important. This is like a, a really good practice. And in terms of informing your decision about Sam, it's I think it's it's all positive, right? But it's also important to remember that this is this is this is a even though it looks like NFL football, it's not quite NFL football yet. So uh, just keep that in mind. I'm not saying Sam's going to be bad or anything like that. What I'm saying though is like just keep that context and keep that perspective because it's not always going to look like this from an offensive standpoint for for this team. Totally. Um... You know, we've used this uh, phrasing before, but like you can only take the test that's in front of you, right? Sure, yeah. There's there's nothing he could do last night that could make us go like, oh yeah, this guy's gonna be great in NFL football, or he's crushing NFL football because there wasn't um, regular season NFL football to be played last night. Um, yeah. It's just that that he had to play uh, preseason, and that's that he did a good job of it. Um, he did a great. He, he did, and like to be clear, he did excellent. He looked yeah. excellent. Like to your point, like. Didn't uh, I mean he had the couple like where he kind of, uh, you know, there's a pressure. It's empty. He takes a sack. I think he did that twice. Don't love that, but that's him learning as a young. Football can we can player. we walk through both those sacks real quick? Do you have a, a good feel yeah. for what happened? I know yeah. one of them. The slide seemed to go the wrong way. So yeah. So uh, let's see if I can remember correctly. On the first one, basically, like it's the same pressure that got him against, uh, or a very similar pressure, not exactly the same. It's the same pressure that got him against Cleveland. And so what they did is they basically brought a four-man overload to a three-man slide. So they're in kind of a pseudo. I think it's empty. I don't remember exactly where the back is. Um, but they have a three-man slide. So Slender, so the center, Cosme, and the right tackle, I think was Foster at the time, are working to the right. What they do is they take the defensive tackle. They basically pick the center, right? Now you have a two-man slide, and there's three rushers coming there, right? So one of those guys is going to come free. And I think that's something that I'd like to see him get a little bit more comfortable with is just understanding like, hey, if we get two here, this ball has got to get out because it seemed to surprise him. Now, it came really quick because it's a free runner. It's, 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 it's essentially, I, we talked about it a lot. It's essentially like at its core principle what Wink Martindale was doing to Scott Turner's offense last year when they played in the second game or the first game last year in the second half of the year. It's you just find ways to overload the slide dictate the slide then overload the slide and they did that and like it was a good pressure and it's the same thing like it happened something similar happened in their blitz period in the on the tuesday practice and sam threw it away because he identified it didn't identify right. it as quickly here and I, so i think that's that's part of the issue right yeah. the second sack well, is, is on, on that one real quick just the downfield portion it does look like there wasn't really a great place to throw i think if he had room to step up he might have been able to get one to terry on the second level on that that high cross so um, but to I'm, me like i'm yeah. gonna say i'm gonna call nonsense on that like so and again like so the way i read it the way i read the concept is that's like a what we would call like a tony fork concept so tony is like a five yard out by jahan in this case and a clear so some people call it stick but like in, in other versions of the offense, I would end, they call it Tony. And then on the backside, you have a shallow cross, a mid cross, and then like a basic or a, a dig by number one. So you get three guys running into your vision. So what I'm going to say is like the first read in that progression is the out. The, the, the receiver and that, that one I don't remember seeing on the replay. So if that one was open, that's the one I couldn't see on the so, – because the, they, they showed the like sky cam from sure, behind yeah. replay, and that one was out out of vision. So so for me, if that on that out, like the, the receiver, the number the, – the receiver, I think it was Gibson to the far right, outside mm -hmm. releases, um, which is exactly right. The corner carries. Jahan doesn't run out of it, which is exactly right. Just throw the ball to Jahan. That's your first read, especially versus pressure. And that's the thing that, again, like – where you're identifying like what's going on you know like that's good get the ball there i also thought he could hit the low cross right because the linebacker it was a zone pressure so they brought four to the offensive right they dropped the the left defensive end out the middle linebacker had to push to the out route who is Jahan in this case so there's a huge void right over the middle of the ball where you can throw to the to the cross or if that backside safety starts cutting, which he didn't cut, but like there's a nice window there for Terry too. So I thought he could have hit the out, he could hit the cross, and he could hit the mid cross is what I thought. 
So yeah. to me, it's just like he didn't, and that's something that you do pre-snap. You identify the pressure pre-snap and the ball, right. and you say, okay, where's where's my option? And again, you're not saying this is going to be a completed pass, right? It's just, can I get the ball out of my hand? Right. To one that, of and that's guys? what I was going to say is like, I don't know, especially the stuff over the ball that I feel like I had a better sense of. I got to go back and watch it, um, admittedly, on the out and in in general. But um, and it's not it's I, not on a the clean, stuff like, over so the ball. Clear, yeah, it's, it's not super clean. Yeah. Like, I'm saying it, like it's, it's there's clean. there's enough space to get the ball out whether yes. it's completed or not is different and that's what I was going to say is like you've got to get it whether it's completed or not or you throw it at his shoelaces like you've got to get the ball out you can't take the sack and that yeah. you know that they're 100% is time for it all happens very quickly there's pressure in the face but there's enough time to get it at someone's shoes even if you can't get a completion and like you said if you can recognize it pre-snap and you see the good release by Gibson say on the out then you should hopefully be able to get a completion yeah, and so and just to be clear, Gibson's outside releasing on a go, so the corner's going to get wide with that. So there was a pocket there. I thought he could throw to Jahan, who's on the out. But again, like that's one of the things that makes like Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees elite is because pre-snap they did such a good job of identifying what the coverage was. I mean, you've you've seen those clips floating around on uh, Instagram or YouTube where Tom Brady tells the back, "Hey man, it's Tampa two. Like before the ball is even snapped, hey, I need you to get to hey, it's Tampa two. Get out." And like that is what makes Tom Brady super special. That's what made like I remember hearing stories about uh, you know Peyton Manning or Andrew Luck even identifying blitzes just based on rotations and keys or whatever. I don't even know what they're looking at because it's it all looks the same to me. But that that is the elite ability that says like okay we're getting this four man overload. Where's my hot? Okay, it's the Tony. Let's get the ball out real quick. You know like catch and throw kind of thing because yeah. I'm, I'm, I we're not going to be protected. It's there's four man rushing to three protectors, like someone will be coming free. Now, I don't know exactly how the O-line is supposed to pick that up. Sometimes you're supposed to squeeze it. Usually you don't squeeze to a sl slide. Actually, I've never seen anybody squeeze to a slide. But again, I'm assuming the O-line did that correctly. I think that's on Sam. Again, get the ball out. Be be and again, it's that is something we've talked about a couple times in blitz periods and stuff like that. That has to be the hardest thing for a young quarterback, especially with like these kind of amorphous defenses like that's a zone pressure right it's just it, it's very very complicated so and also i want to point this out if they were prepping this blitz and they knew that was going to happen like what they would do is that left tackle who's getting the dropper would squeeze down and they could make that a full slide and they could probably pick that up so again like they're if they were game planning this pressure i don't think it's as big of an issue but for the preseason game obviously they didn't they, they weren't able to kind of you know, work their magic and get it picked up. So, yeah. Um, Aaron Rodgers also famous for pointing, going to the yeah, line, walking yeah. up to it. And like in the same way, same, you know, demeanor as most quarterbacks point out the mic, he'll just go, you're blitzing, you're dropping, yeah. you're blitzing. And linebackers are just like, do I do what he said? Because that's, <laughs> that's what I was supposed to do. Or do we try to mix it up? Do we, oh, damn it. He knows. Um, yeah. Second one, second sack seems like everybody slid right. It's a four-man pressure and a five-man protection, and so, uh, someone yeah. comes free on the left. Yeah, that uh, was the exact, outside. That was guy. literally the that one was exactly the same pressure that they got versus Wink Martindale, where they basically run. I'm trying to remember. They had like a true nose, if I remember correctly, and then they bring two guys inside the end who's dropping. So when that happens, the guard, yeah. So they basically had three man, three rushers to a two-man, to, to the man side of the protection. So we just talked about the slide side where three guys are pushing. This one, there was three rushers to a two-man protection. So Cornelius, when he gets that internal rusher, has to squeeze that because it's to the man side. The quickest way to the quarterback is the inside gap. So you protect those up. You leave the outside rusher for the quarterback, you know, like understanding that he's got to identify, hey, I'm hot here, and he just doesn't see it, right? And again, that's a youthful thing. That's something... You're not going to game plan as much in this situation, so I'm not going to like crush Sam for not identifying it. But yeah. it, those 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 are the issues, right? Those are the things that come up. They come up in blitz period. They come up all the time. It's it's hard playing quarterback in the NFL. It's especially hard when you're not prepping for it. So I think the O line handled both of those about as well as you could handle. And it's up to Sam to kind of say, "Hey, the ball's got to get out." Yeah, I will say uh, something that Sam did well on that one, though, is he recognized it immediately post-snap and cocooned. Um, he protected yep. the football. Yeah. He didn't try to do anything crazy. He's just like, all right, well, I'm dead on this play. Let's minimize the damage. Um, and 
there's points for that. Sack fumbles, very bad. Uh, so at least at least he gets that credit on that sack. But he he said on the sidelines to Lisa Salters and, and repeated after the game, and apparently he told Ron the same thing, that both the sacks were on him. Yeah, and I, I would say yes. You know, like looking at how the O-line blocked it, look at their rules uh, from training camp. Yes, I would say they're both on him. But again, I would also say that's not entirely true in, the, in this sense. If you're prepping these blitzes in the regular season, you will have more answers than what they're doing. We're just like, hey, we're an empty. You got to squeeze this. Sam, figure it out. It's like we might we might use a dummy cadence. We might use a uh, false cadences are great to show blitzes, right? That allow us to yeah. check to a different play or allow us to alert the hot or allow allow us to get to a, 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 a different concept. So I just think like it is Sam's fault, but also he doesn't have every tool, every club in the in the bag available for some of this stuff. So while that is sure. Sam's fault, um, I think that's part of it. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that's probably, you know, apologies for the inequitable time on two mistakes on a night where he was largely fantastic. No, yeah. um, but the offensive line has been a huge talking point. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, anything in particular stand out other than that offensively um, and, uh, with the starters? Um, I think it was great that, you know, Terry gets the ball quite a bit. Jahan gets the ball a lot, especially after Terry yeah. goes out. Um, I love to see that just, like, philosophically, Eric Bieniemy is like, I don't care whether we've game-planned this. Like, the way we operate is the ball goes to the good guys. Um, that is that is very, very nice to see. But anything that, you know, Sam, O-line, skill guys that stood out with the starters on offense. Yeah, I mean, they run this like shallow cross concept that Terry catches, Terry catches two balls on, which I'm starting to really like. You know, they used to run mesh all the time here with Scott and everyone used to crush him for running mesh. Like mesh uh, uh, on principle is a good concept, but obviously they've detailed it up a little bit. So instead of being able to pass the crossers off, they kind of run this like, like I'm going to pick the linebacker, but then I'm just going to get vertical and find this soft spot in the zone. And Terry catches two balls there. Um, I think the protections that EB was running, the chip help, I thought was great. And again, like the chip help here is like, it's like watching someone write their doctoral thesis on chip help. Like, how do I get to it? How do I help the O-line? And how do I make sure I'm, I'm maximizing the number of eligibles and letting them get to a, a route concept that we can run? So like Terry's second catch is basically like hitches, right? It's like two hitches by Jahan and um, and Terry, and then like there's a check down over the ball. So I would call that Hank, which is like the most kind of fundamental West Coast concept, right? But instead of like having like, you know, getting in a normal form, like they're in like a normal formation, those guys running the flats can do that with chip help, which I think is great, right? And then like they run a scissors concept later, or what I would call scissors, they might run a dig by number one and a post by, and a corner by number two. Instead of a post corner, it's a dig corner. Um, and instead of having, uh, you know, like having the flat guy just run a flat, the flat guy chips and gets to the flat. It's Curtis Samuel. And it really opens the concept up. So I just think they just do a great job of understanding how to help the O-line, how to maximize protection. I thought the backs did a pretty good job in that. I mean, obviously, on one of the pressures in the two-minute drill, um, Brian Robinson gives up a pressure. Sam escapes it, gets Jahan for the completion. Great job. But early on, great pickup. Alex Arma had a great pickup on like this – um, what I would call a pick stunt with a linebacker in the center does a great job kind of saving the day on that. So um, I think the protection w was great. The protection philosophy was great. Um, I thought the individual matchups in the protection were great. So I think that's something that I just want to call attention to is like, you know, everyone talks about the O-line and how they struggled last year. And I think a lot of that struggling 
came from the fact there wasn't like a nuanced protection plan. And here we are in the second preseason game. There's not a ton of game planning in, and there's a very nuanced protection plan already, you know, kind of allowing guys to be in better situations. And you can tell they rep it and guys know exactly what to do in certain situations for certain blitzes. So um, I, th- I thought that was really cool. And again, like in terms of route concepts, they're not running anything overly complicated, but, you know, Jahan's first, second catch, <clears throat> excuse me, of the two-minute drill, it's like this big out. And instead of running into coverage, like one of the great features of this offense is he can just sit down right there and catch that ball, you know? And so finding touches, finding space, Terry did that a couple times, I thought was great. So, um, and also, again, I'm kind of rambling, the tempo with which they operated really also positively affects pass protection because the guys on defense, you could tell, were a little bit fatigued. The offensive line was very fresh. So I really just love the whole philosophy and how they got to certain runs. And again, it's against the twos, so it's not perfect, but I just wanted to highlight some of that stuff real quick. Yeah, 36 completions on the night in total between the three quarterbacks, um, all whom are well over 50% um, in terms of completion percentage. But, I mean, this is this is impressive. Like, Jahan, 5 for 76. Terry, 3 for 39. Uh, Diami two for 27 Turner two for 24 and those guys all just played a half like yeah. Terry obviously a little bit less with the injury um, right before the half so you know those types of numbers I mean Jahan gets seven targets in the half yeah and I, and I think that we've been you know obviously on this podcast we've been uh, captains of the Jahan's going to lead the team in receptions bandwagon uh, because we talk about how well this offense fits him and it just is on display last night you see the intentionality in getting those guys the ball and they're not even game plan game planning for it yet like you're not getting the game plan you know touches where it's the jet sweeps or the the little touch passes or things like that where they're going to automatically you know guarantee Curtis Samuel a touch Terry McLaurin a touch Jahan Dotson a touch we haven't seen a wide receiver screen yet in the preseason so there's there's a lot more on the plate uh I think for this offense obviously um down roster anything stand out um unfortunately you know if i if i think of like fourth quarter type of stuff i mean the third quarter with jacoby was a little bit of a mess um but fourth quarter um you know curtis hodges has a couple of opportunities not good for him mitchell tinsley gets a couple of opportunities um they're tougher than hodges for sure but he had an opportunity i think to like really say like i'm in this receiver battle and 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 has a couple of uh, tough plays that he doesn't make um, and unfortunately, it was that kind of night uh, and for some of the individuals. But as a team, they're able to put it together and, and keep show, keep going, keep fighting. And, and ultimately, obviously, they drive down and slide kicks the field goal for the win. So second half down roster, um, whether it's, you know, continue of the schematic stuff or or any individuals that showed up in good or bad ways. Anything else to comment on on the offensive side of things? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Jake Fromm deserves a ton of credit. Like, that's tough, you know, being out there in the third quarter with the third offensive or the fourth quarter with the, the you know, like the the bottom of the roster offensive line. I thought that those guys did a great job, you know, like that offensive line group. Uh, Jones Smith, you know, he's been playing guard all camp. He's playing right tackle in this game. Um, you know, Braden Daniels, I thought, had a really nice job, did a really nice job against number 48. I don't know who 48 is. He might not be playing football here in a couple of weeks, but good job, Braden Daniels, like, looked the part very sound in protection. Um, you know, you mentioned Mitchell Tinsley. I thought he had some tough kind of targets and same thing with Curtis. Like, so let's just give that some context, like that corner route that he's running. Like that is a, a, a tough catch that Curtis is running, right? Just like the fade that Tinsley's running, right? Like Tinsley gets two hands on his. So I think it's probably, a, you know, more likely he should catch that I would say. Um, but I think, you know, he made a nice contested two contested catches on like kind of short underneath stuff, like a stick and then a sit over the ball, so good job, Tinsley. Didn't make that elite play, but mm. good to see. Casimir uh, Allen, I thought, did a great job yeah. um, on his one catch. You know, just kind of it was it was a tight window throw. Good job making that catch. Everyone's been talking about his lack of polishes as a receiver. And I think that's probably getting a little bit overblown now, personally. You know what I mean? Like, I think he's not a bad receiver. You know what I mean? He's actually been fairly productive in training camp practices. It's just about, like, you know, he's not as polished as Mitchell Tinsley, who is, again, he, Casimir Allen converted from running back to receiver. He's still growing at the position. Not bad, but Tinsley's played receiver for his whole life, basically. So he's a little bit more polished. A guy that I'm I'm super fired up for, honestly, and I've been a fan of his since camp started, and I'm really glad to see him get some touches, is Bryson Tremaine. Like, yeah. I thought he just did a great job, man. And, like, 
you know, it's on one of the punts, he's getting double viced. He beats double vice. So for a guy that played gunner in college to show that gunner ability in a preseason game, great job. You know, the route do wants to draw the holding call. Great job. The physicality on the hitches to kind of fight for the first down. Great job. The, the dig over the middle, jumping up, catching that football. Great job. So he's a guy that I've been waiting to kind of see get some touches in the preseason because I like his professionalism. Like he's the if, if he's not the first guy out to practice every day, he's damn close. Like he is a guy that has just been handling himself really well, and he's like Logan. He's got I'm I'm in the I'm in the Bryson Tremaine fan club. So it's a little bit of confirmation bias. I know that, but to see that, I thought was really really good for him. A guy that's just been handling his business and approaching this the right way. Good for him. So. Uh, and the fact that like they get the 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 drive that wins the game is good for that entire group because everyone's going to be talking about it, everyone's going to be watching it, everyone's going to show those plays, and ultimately that's great for those guys getting on rosters and getting on teams. So I think that whole group wins because I th- I don't think anybody played poorly. Like and the offensive line and the backs, man. Like I know Christian Rodriguez fumbled, I know whatever all that stuff, but like for them to be getting basically all out pressured, like on five consecutive plays in a, in the, in the fourth quarter on the last drive of a preseason game. And for there not to be catastrophic mental mistakes, like great job, time. great job for that group. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's such a great point because at the end, like Baltimore is trying to get them, they're, they're trying to either force a turnover yeah. or get a sack and get them back out of field goal range, protect the streak. Yeah, forever I, nope yeah um so uh you know they they're trying to game situation you know get a loss of yards or get the ball back and from is able to deliver a couple of really nice balls where only his guys can get them and yeah. you know we talked about tinsley and hodges some really tough attempts that they're not able to haul in but those are safe throws where you know, you give your guy a chance to make a play, hard plays, elite plays, but yeah. um, at the very least, like you're not turning the football over and you're not taking the sack. And then they're able to get some of that shorter stuff, get the field goal a little bit easier. And then, and then Sly comes on and bangs it home. But you're right. There was like five straight, you know, downs where, right. you know, they got seven at the line of scrimmage and they're bringing all of them. Um, yeah. It's, it's impressive stuff from that group. And by the way, it's nice momentum for them because they're going to carry that into the final game Good where they're going to play the entire thing. And so I think now that, that confidence, like, again, whether it's here or somewhere else, like there's going to be some guys that make rosters, um, or at the very least keep their practice squad jobs, elevate themselves to the top of that list, uh, and set themselves up for future NFL careers based off of what happened here. And, and, you know, hopefully rolling that into the final game of, of the preseason. Yeah, absolutely. So I kind of long story short, I was just really impressed with that whole group, you know, and I, and I know there was some misses and I think the most frustrating play that for me, cause I like Curtis Hodges. I think he, and I think the thing that we talked about this a little bit off air is his potential is so high. You're just waiting for him to kind of fall into his own potential. And so obviously he has the, he has the catch and the one-on-one situation with the corner. Great. I think he had two of those. Then he has the drop on the drop is probably tough, but like, the ball, the 50-50 ball in the corner, I get that. You don't catch that. That's a tough catch. The, the one that really kind of, I was like, come on, man, was when from escape. Do you remember this play? He escapes the pocket. He misses like two sacks, is out there, and then kind of lofts the ball up to Hodges, who is like wide open. And again, that could be a better throw for sure. But it kind of just kisses off his fingertips. I'm like, that's the one. That's the play. If you're trying to make the roster, if I'm going to circle one of those plays, because I actually thought he did a good job in the run game, you know, that's the mm-hmm. one that you got to make because it, it just separates you. You just say, okay, he's making plays for us. He's doing some stuff that we haven't seen him do in training camp, but instead it kind of falls into the same narrative. Like, did he play bad? No. Did he play good? No. He's somewhere in like that kind of vanilla middle that just kind of is like, huh? Unlike a guy like Bryson Tremaine, who did he do anything spectacular? No, but when they threw him the ball, he caught it. And with his opportunities, he was physical in the run game. And with his opportunities on special teams, he made plays. So it's just like when the opportunity to make plays came, one guy made plays and one guy didn't. And I think that that is kind of what right. you were alluding to with some of that stuff. Yeah, and same thing for for Tinsley, right? Like yeah. the opportunities are there to go out and make a play. It's not like you're getting downgraded for not making something great, but like 
you could have, and that that yeah. probably elevates your chances tremendously. Anything to comment on for that second group? Um, you know, Brissett throws the interception that's behind Bates. That was a weird interception. Yeah, like, don't, uh, I'm like, I don't know if Bates should have sat down there because, um, like, the, he's open. The ball whizzes right by him, but he's yeah. not really looking for it. I don't know. It was, it was definitely a weird interception, and Brissett looked pretty ticked off afterwards. Um, yeah, so I'm not exactly sure what the miscommunication was there. Um, but all in all, like, that group was not super productive. Yeah, not super productive. And, it, and there are times in practice where Brissett um, kind of, you feel like he's just like, uh, like kind of playing, playing open, open court basketball. Like he's go he's going down to the, the, the local YMCA and he's just kind of trying stuff out. And I felt like there was a little bit of that from him, like where he does something, he, es- he escapes in the pocket, he makes an excellent throw and you're like, wow, that's like, that's pretty elite. But he kind of is doing that too much. And you're just like, Hey man, like, let's just, do normal stuff here like i love the i love the high-end stuff because that's elite stuff but also like let's just throw that hitch and like let's make that look really easy because you've did that in the cleveland game and obviously it elevated in a nice way so i thought i thought that was kind of one of the things i thought um there wasn't really a a ton of opportunity for that group it was weird they didn't play a ton the the way the timing worked out yeah yeah they they only had i want to say maybe it was like 10 play it was two drives um the other one is um i want to talk about this for a second it's chris rodriguez because I think he, outside of the fumble, had like a really, really good game. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I love, you know, like uh, EB in the production meeting a couple weeks ago was basically like, if, you know, if a back fumbles or a receiver drops the ball, like I'm going to come right back to you and give you an opportunity. And so he has that fumble, which was it was a bad fumble. You know what I mean? Like it, he's standing up, ball comes out, whatever. Um, but the very next play, he gets a touch. And it's yep. not like I'm nervous and tiptoeing through. It's like I'm, gonna, I'm the anvil or I'm the handle, you're the nail. Boom. And that was kind of how we ran the rest of that series. And so respect that he came back and did that at a high level. I thought Brissett was good, but again, there was a little bit too much, whatever that was for me, you know, like just do, do normal stuff at a high level. Just operate. Uh, Rodriguez, five carries, 31 yards. So a 6.2 average again for him. Um, He just, he just looked good outside of the fumble Um, and fumbles happen. Hopefully not a habit of them. That's when it becomes a problem. Um, but again, tough running, had a couple of good pass pro pickups as well. Yeah. Um, he's so a good football player. Yeah, I like he him is, a lot. Yeah. He is. They did oh, a good job with him. A guy that in that second group that we got a shout out is Stromberg. Like, holy cow, man. Like, I did not think he could play guard in the NFL. I didn't think so. And he has been, I don't want to say a better guard, but he's flashed more at guard than he has at center in pass protection and in the run game. Just his get off and his quickness. He reminds me of like a um like a poor man's Chris Lindstrom. And it, Chris Lindstrom is like a Pro Bowl guard, obviously, right? Yeah. Because he's quick, he's aggressive, he's got the right kind of physical mindset. So I think, you know, since he started playing guard, he's just getting better and better at the position. And he's a guy that, you know, we were talking like, can he play guard in a pinch? I don't know. It's like, man, I think he might be better at guard. So I think that is a huge step for him and a guy that I think is is definitely, you know, he was going to be on the roster because he's your third-round pick, but is playing his way – is playing his way onto the roster. Does that make sense? What I'm saying there, like, yeah, like, I mean, he's, he's probably playing his way into being active on game day. Yes, there we go. That's a better way to put it. Yeah. Um. You. So you know, he's working. He's playing his way up the roster. I guess Correct. is probably the up best the way roster. to put it. That's yeah. Put it. Um. You know, he was already above the cut line. Uh. But but where are you actually going to be? Are you going to be the last guy that makes it and you're just inactive? Uh. No. He's he's maybe playing his way up a little bit. Um. Since we're talking guards, uh, what'd you make of Sadiq and and Chris Paul? It looks like this is Sadiq's job. Um, which is yeah. crazy considering the way we felt a couple weeks into camp, but um, they just keep going back to Sadiq and he seems to have leveled out. And like, that's, that's ultimately a good thing. Yeah. And I think Sadiq's like, again, he's not a bad player. It's just like, he's not healthy all the time. And I think, you know, they really like his athletic upside. And, and when you look at like the numbers on paper, he's a freak, man, he's an athletic freak, you know, like not, you know, I had somebody that I'm, I'm very close with who knows Sadiq and he was like, you know, I, he's like that Trent Williams kind of athlete. And I don't know if I'd go that far. This guy's being maybe yeah. hyperbolic. But, yeah. but you know, like he, if you look at his numbers, you're in a 4'8". He's got a pretty good vertical. For, he's an explosive, twitchy. Yeah, he could be a guy. great athlete without being Trent Williams. Like Trent, when you can when you can stand underneath the rim and do a 360 between the legs dunk at 340 pounds, as, a, as Adrian Peterson told me that Trent Williams used to do at the rec center at University of Oklahoma – then you can be a Trent Williams athlete. 
I don't think Sadiq Charles is doing that, even if he's a phenomenal athlete by any other standard. Right, but like to get even even to be used in the same sentence, I think is kind of what I'm what I'm speaking to, like that For level sure. of athleticism. And so um, I think some people might have seen him give up a pressure, like that was not on him. Uh, the tight end like ran into his back as he's trying to get out into his route and bumps him off the protection. But I think he had a very solid game. Chris Paul had a solid game. It's funny with Chris Paul. I think you see some of his like inexperience. Inexperience is probably the wrong word. Just like lack of football, like high level football IQ. Like he doesn't totally understand the right angles all the time. Doesn't totally understand where he should be in the slide. And he's light years ahead of where he was last year. And he's, you know, he's a guy that we think could probably play a lot of meaningful minutes for this football team and when deserves to. And it's crazy to me that he still has these areas to improve and he's still playing that well. You know what I mean? So he had a good game. I thought there was a couple things here and there, like little things like, like I'm describing, like sitting on a double team a little too long, like messing up the defensive lineman and the linebacker makes the tackle. Like those are things that come with experience and repetitions, but I thought they both played really well, you know, and uh, Nick Gates, man, had one of my favorite plays of the day. Um, and it got a personal foul on it, but I love this like mindset, like Gibson's like fighting at the end zone for a touchdown. Right. And big, uh, what is he? 63, 53, 63, 63. Comes, yeah. Comes over and just waylays the pile. Now you can't do that anymore. Like that was something that when I first got in the league was like, you used to, like, that used to be like standard operating procedure. If you were standing near a pile, tight ends, offensive linemen, we would like beat it on you and you would just get smoked. Like if you were facing me, I could dive over the pile and hit you. And that was like a rule. And so it was a rule. Probably, like, that, probably good that that's not legal. I, I agree. Like um, you remember like John Runyon used to do that all the time. Anyway, so um, but he so they're around the pile and it wasn't quite that egregious where people are standing around the pile and someone gets hit. But he comes over and like delivers a vicious block on on a guy who's trying to tackle Gibson in the end zone. And I just and again, he got a personal foul, whatever. But I like that mindset. I like that mindset in the offensive line, in that room of guys that are going to strain to finish because good offensive line play is about straining to finish and having your center. Who's like the captain of that group by default, because they do all the communication kind of embody that m mindset, I think is going to pay dividends long-term for this team. The guy that he smoked was our Darius Washington. Who's the guy who hit Cole Turner late and started the fight oh, on day one. There we so go. that might've also there. been a little, a little intentionality in terms <laughs> of who he locked in on. Uh, what did you make of Sam Cosme's gritty as all of that was happening in the background? That was so funny. <laughs> that I was just I was watching that live and I was just laughing at myself because Sam is over by himself doing doing the gritty and everyone's in this tussle. Terry's on the ground scrapping with somebody, pushing people off the pile, trying to bang out the fight. And Sam, like I don't know if Sam was gassed. He looked pretty gassed. It's just doing the gritty totally solo while there's like this little mini war going on. I thought that was that was the perfect amount of comedy. Uh, for, for that moment <laughs> it was a perfect scene like it's yeah. you can't write it better because it's like you know what's more insulting it nick gates smoking the dude or cosby <laughs> behind the play just you know going doing his yeah, thing there was a little hop around that was pretty funny though for sure and he had a great game too so lucas had a great game um cosby yeah, had a great lucas game really so good. um but yeah that was so funny dude so funny Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. It's not just a podcast. It's the 25th hour of your debt, your weekly source for all things commanders, right on time, your time. A list of household chores. Do them without missing a beat and listen while you work. In the car, turn mundane drives into memorable moments. With podcasts, you can maximize productivity and minimize FOMO. We're on demand, so we fit perfectly into your schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Take a man podcast from Odyssey Sports. Logan Paulson there, Craig Hoffman here. All right, let's get into the defensive side of it. Again, starting at the highest level, they play Forbes. Uh, they play yeah. the linebackers. 
every other defensive starter out. I actually think that was the right play. Um, you know, I Forbes, I, whatever, hit or miss. I think the linebackers need needed the reps, need the reps. Um, and they played like players who need the reps. The reps. The, yeah. the middle of that defense, man, like I don't think that was a particularly good day for the second level uh, up or down the depth chart. Yeah, um, yeah, let's talk about the linebackers, I guess. So I would say that I like the way Jamin is playing. I like the mentality that he's playing with. Like, could technically he be better with some of the stuff? Yes, but like there's that um, – they're backed up. And they run that ISO with who's that big fullback that they got there? Uh, Ricard. Um, Ricard, and he absolutely chins Ricard. And so I'm like, I like that from Jamin. I like that physical, aggressive snap to the football, right? Um, and I think that, you know, like he had a, a pursuit where like it, uh, the ball breaks contain on a, like a little screen pass and he runs it down and delivers a big hit. I, I, it's a different kind of player than we saw even last year, even late in the year, a guy who's playing a little bit more confident. And I, and I think that's good for Jamin. I think that I'm in terms of where the linebackers are at, I'm a little bit less concerned with where he's at just because I think he's playing with a confidence and a physicality. Is he always doing the right thing? No, but the thing that used to really bother me about Jamin is that if he didn't know, he'd play really slow. And now I feel like even if he doesn't know, he's playing like his hair is on fire. And I and I and I think that's a good thing for this defense and a good thing for this group. Um, that being said, I think Cody Barton is a guy that I have been a little disappointed with over the course of the last two preseason games, and not because I don't think he's a physical football player, but like for example. They're running Tampa two, right? In that kind of sequence, I think it's right before the offense has the two minute drive, right before um, um, the interception. Um, what's his name? By Quan. Yeah. yeah. By Quan. Yeah. Right before Quan's interception. And they're running Tampa two. And you used to play safety, um, Cody. And the fact I was like, that I had never played safety in my life yeah. outside of like some pickup football, but I was all right at it. And the fact that they were able to kind of attack that seam, and I felt like they isolated him. They had those two balls completed to Charlie Kolar, their backup tight end. I was like, man, like that's something I thought would be better from him. And he had the same thing happened. I think it was in the first preseason game against Cleveland too, right? It's like that you're here to kind of carry that tight end vertically. And the fact that they're able to complete a football there, I think is kind of largely on you. And so um, do I think he's a bad football player? No, but you know, Week one against Cleveland, we had some errant run fits. Those got better this week, I thought. Those were much better. So in terms of improvement, that's great. But I just thought we'd be getting more from him. Uh, the team would be getting more from him from a coverage standpoint. And again, it's the preseason. Um, you know, guys get better. Like he, his, his, his improvement from week one of the preseason to week two in the run fits was astronomical. I'm, I'm expecting the same improvement. But that's something I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on um, kind of as – you know, training camp finishes up um, and as week one's kind of, you know, is right around the corner. Yeah. I think Barton was particularly not good. Um, and he, and we got to be careful. Cause again, I like mean, we're not saying that we could play linebacker better than Cody Barton. We yeah, understand that it's but very like, hard. That's, I, that's yes, not my just, job. My job is to talk about how he played. But and I like, know, but I was a player and I always hated when dude with yeah. the microphone was like, Oh, Cody Barton's terrible. It's like, yeah, let's, let's I, I'm not saying it. he is terrible. I'm saying he did not play well. Um, yes, okay. you know, and that, that is, if he doesn't want me to say that he, he can play better. And that's just, unfortunately wow. kind of, that's the job. And like, I get it. you know, the tape is the tape and you know, yeah. I, it's, don't be worried about me saying it, worry about Jack Del Rio saying it, worry no, about but, your, you know, no. Ron Rivera saying it. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and so that doesn't mean that I don't think he can get better and learn and, and that there weren't potentially reasons why, I mean, the job's a lot harder when, you know, all due respect to whoever was in front of him was in front sure. of him. That wasn't John Allen and Deron Payne and Montez Sweat and Chase Young. And, you know, they brought him in and they, they didn't invest as much in that position because they knew they had those four guys in front. And, yeah. they, you know, that's going to make their jobs a lot easier. But there's also like there's the big run that goes to the left. And, oh, you know, yeah. it's when Khan gets up in the backfield, running back gets inside of him, Wild Goose loses contain. But like the running back's on the sideline and Barton's still standing where he started the play in the middle yeah. of the field. And you're just like, what are you looking at, man? And so there, there's so stuff that like one, that from that a recognition standpoint that you're like, you know, a little slow in the cover two drops, a little yeah. slow in diagnosing the runs where you're like that, that, that processing speed's got to be faster for him if they're going to be successful on the second level this year. And that's ultimately what I'm saying. Like, it's not to trash no. a dude. It's just like, Hey, the bar of success is here and yeah. uh, the performance was underneath it. No, I, and I agree. And I think that's kind of, you know, again, we, we pointed that out in the Cleveland game. 
here it is again now. And again, on that play, like Wild Goose has to make a better play on that. You know, talk about For guys sure. who had a, had, a, had a, they wish they played better. I think Wild Goose would be in that category. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, I think you see physically Cody's talent, right? You see his, mm-hmm. his athleticism. I think that, yeah, to your point, the recognition, the ability to attack the football, the, be, the ability to be a little bit more decisive um, is something that I would like to see from him. And, and again, it, it, maybe this is something, again, I need to talk to somebody in the building about. Maybe learning linebacker in this system is more challenging than we want to give it credit for because there does seem to be a slow burn type process at that position. Jamin, obviously, Cody now, you know, so um, 100%. We'll see, we'll see how that. And again, like I've heard from from people around that there is a lot on those guys' plates with regards to run fits and coverage responsibilities, and they have to know they have to know a lot and a lot of variation, or that's how it was last year. So, um, you know, we'll see as as he maybe gets more comfortable intellectually with the defense if, if he starts playing a little bit faster, which I would assume he would. No, I agree. And having Cam Curl behind him as the key communicator, um, sure. a guy who got the green dot at one point last year, like that is going to make a huge difference. So, th- again, like to be perfectly clear and fair to Cody Barton, like he's one of three starters out there and some of the yeah. guys uh ev- literally every other guy around that would have made his job a lot easier by the nature of how that position is in this defense but the performance is what it is i i think generally speaking like they just gave up a ton of yards up the middle of the field in cover two especially um how yeah. many passes and and i think both the tight end touchdowns if i'm remembering correctly um are balls up the middle against cover two safeties um or, or against a too high look um yeah. you know and it's right over the top of that linebacker who should be dropping uh, if it's tampa two and you know those two safeties they've got a lot of ground to cover and there's that that sweet spot in the middle that if you can attack it and the ravens did a good job of it um and it, it's one of those things where i'm like I don't know how concerned we should really be because none of the guys who will be playing it are out there at that point in the game those those second half touchdowns that they give up but to to see a team attack something so consistently um and that did start in the first half with guys like barton out there um is obviously you'd wish it go they can only take the test ahead of him uh, to go back to our phrase from earlier but um you know they didn't they didn't pass it uh at really any point in the game with that particular coverage and in that area of the field yeah, and again, it's like, you know, you always wonder, I always go back to this in the preseason, like how much did they actually prep? You know, like there's been times in practice where they've had some really slick, like cover two disguises, Tampa two disguises, because like if if the quarterback identifies it as Tampa two, like everyone and their mom knows where the weakness of that is. It's the it's the middle linebacker carrying the vertical, right? So if I can, if I can identify it, great. And they've just done such a nice job in practice of disguising it and, and making it harder for the quarterback to identify when they're in that coverage and it's made the quarterback hold the ball and they've been able to make a ton of plays. So, um, you know, how much are they prepping? How much are they scheming? How much are they? Um, you know, that's another thing. Like when you're playing coverages, you, you game plan route concepts. So how much are they doing that? And I, I my guess would be probably not that much. So it's not going to defense, I think is always going to look a little bit less dynamic in the preseason unless they put more in, right. You know, like Baltimore had some interesting pressures in, I thought that was, you know, again, they didn't run that as much as I probably would have thought they would have run it if this was a regular season game. Um, but just like that with the defense, like how much do they have in? Are they bringing any pressures? Are they running two coverages? Because it doesn't seem like there's this great diversity of coverage shell um, in the preseason, Like, which is one of the things that I think Jack in season does a really nice job of is kind of making all of these coverages look the same with slightly different rules for each guy, which make throwing windows a little bit smaller, which make the quarterback hold the ball a little bit more. So again, I don't, I don't think you're getting that from this group the same way. Definitely. Um, secondary, we mentioned wild goose really rough night for him on the outside to the point that I, I got questions about his, and I, and like, it sucks because he's a guy that's played well in the nickel. They've, continued to push him in games to the outside and be like, Hey sure. man, prove that you can be versatile as you're going to be at the end of the roster. You got to be able to do multiple things. Cause we're going to need you to fill in wherever the hole is. And it's not, you know, it's not just like, Oh yeah, the nickels out. We're good with goose. Like, no, it's you, if there's an outside corner out, you got to prove that you can do it. A la Danny Johnson has over sure. the course of many, many years, which is why Danny's been able to stick around. Um, and, and I just, I think when I do my roster projection later on the day on, on the show, like, unfortunately, I think he's a guy that might be on the outside looking in yeah. um, as, as he had another rough one for the second straight game uh, in the preseason. 
Yeah, and I feel bad because, like, you know, I, I've had rough preseason games and I've known what it means for me moving forward. So, um, yeah, I think he'd probably want some of those plays back. You know, they were kind of picking on him on that drive for the touchdown where they scored. Yeah. And, and I th- actually thought, like, that was really close to me. I don't know if you saw the touch. That yeah, was, I actually thought that was incomplete. I Because he was bobbling he it all the way down, barely has it, and then Wild Goose knocks it out. Like, at first I was like, what are you doing doing the incomplete sign? And then you watch the replay, and you're like, oh, man, I thought he knocked that out. Yeah. So, like, to his point, like, I think that's a really competitive down. That's a great throw by the quarterback yeah. there. Um, and I think, like, that's awesome that he's able to kind of, as he's falling down, punch that ball out before the guy even, like, takes a step. So, you know, like we're, we're crushing him a little bit, but I think that was like not a bad play, you know, honestly. And I yeah, think if that's regular that's season, fair. you probably get a challenge on that. Uh, but I did think there was like the run fit thing that was, I, I didn't think that was very good. And then, um, you know, obviously the two plays prior to that where, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, we're PI. But again, like, you know, that's tough. So, um, well, so there's one other play that I wanted to ask you about with him, though. Um, and it leads to the other guy that we need to talk about, which is Quan. Yeah. You know, on the, the Quan interception, which yeah. if there's not pressure, is it probably a touchdown? Um, Great job by Benny. By the yeah, way. 100%. And look, coverage, like you don't just get to say like, well, if, like, no, it was an interception because the pressure got there. Um, yeah. So the defense, the defense helps uh, other parts of the defense out. But Quan is in part behind because he and Wild Goose like bump into each other in combination coverage. And on... The first drive, uh, the the touchdown is a flowers. There's a problem in combo coverage with Quan yeah. as well. I know it's going to be really hard to like definitively diagnose any of that, but obviously, if you're gonna if you're Quan Martin and you're going to be playing that nickel spot, playing in combination against stacks and bunches and things is a pretty important skill set. So, what do we make of how he bounced back? I mean, the the mental competitiveness to fight back into sure. that play. And make the make the interception, get a great return out of it. It felt like a major turning point. Hopefully, it is for him. Sure. But what do we make of of Quan's night and how that combos with you know Wild Goose to to wrap up him? Yeah, so I think um, I actually thought that play by Quan wasn't terrible. You know, on the interception, yeah. I think that's okay. You know, like there's they're they're the offense is running that play to create traffic. So the fact that you get through, you stay with the down, the ball is a little off, and you're able to make a competitive play where the receiver bobbles it. Like, great, like, really, really nice play. Like, you know, and I think, like, as he gets more confident and more aware, like, he'll understand, like, they're going to try and pick me here. So, I, I, I think that's a plus play. I thought the touchdown is a Flowers. I think that's on him. So, what they were doing is, like, basically, like, they, you know, they're in a bunch. They're in, like, they're, you know, this tight bunch. There's two receivers over there. Um, the, the inside guy runs vertical. And so Quan, I think, is like, okay, I need to take number two, which is that guy, vertical. But the way that the corner's playing it makes me think that I that if two goes vertical, he has it. If one goes to the flat, I would then Quan would then match the flat, who in this case is a flowers. So I think that is a probably a bust by Quan, you know, in terms of mental capacity. And again, that's one of those things we're talking about where, you know, just like in the Cleveland game, like he has not repped exclusively at nickel. Like he has played mm-hmm. safety, he's played both safety spots, he's played Buffalo nickel, he's played all over the defense. And so that's where like just honing in on those rules versus specific looks. And again, we're like game plan prep probably makes all the world difference for him. So I, I think that's probably his fault, um, but I don't know. So you'd have to ask him about it. I would say it's yeah. his fault, but I think like that type of stuff I would assume gets better and gets cleaner as they um as they prep more and as he kind of hones in on one specific spot yeah all right anything else defensively defense you know the notes are kind of light we went for like 40 minutes on offense and we're gonna give the well, defense 15 here because the starters actually played for the offense um you know but anything anything else from the defensive side of the ball that that's worth touching on yeah i mean i didn't really think it was like the cleanest day of all time for the defense i thought yeah, on the whole they not. kind of had a i don't want to say a bad day but it was just kind of like a c kind of day you know what i mean it, nothing great Nothing, nothing too terrible. They had the great pick, you know. But I mean, on the whole, it was just kind of like, you know, they 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 were there was a lot of surge there from Baltimore. Baltimore felt like they kind of were in control. But again, like one of the things this uh, this staff has kind of said is like we want more turnovers, and I think you see the value of turnover creations and what that does for your offense when you're able to get that done. Like it doesn't need to be a perfect day because you're just giving your offense more bites at the apple. And I think that maybe as a, as a positive coming out of this is like, Hey, 
they did get a turnover on, on a pretty competitive play by Quan. But I think on the whole, there's a lot of stuff where you're like, man, that could have been better. That guy could have taken on that double team better. That Andre Jones had a solid day. You know, like he had some nice pressures on uh, follow LA for them, number 77, the left tackle, who is kind of their swing guy. I thought to myself, like, that's good, you know. Uh, I don't know how engaged Falalele was. He looked like he was asleep half the time out there. But, you know, you got to – you got to. What, what is your thing? You got to take the test. Yeah, take, take, take the test. It's take in front the of test. You. So you did Sleeping a good tackle, go get him. <laughs> yeah, go get him. That's exactly right. Um, so I think he deserves a, a shout-out. I thought James Smith-Williams had a great day. You know, I thought he had – How about touch. James with the hustle on the hustle. special teams play? Yeah, hustle on the special teams play, getting the ball down there. Um, that was great. Then, I, uh, I want to get that dive in slow motion. Into the, James, <laughs> look at the grace of you, sir. Yeah, look at, look at how athletic you are. Right. Um, and then I think he had like a sack or a tackle for loss. Like the, oh, tackle for loss, like the next player, a tackle mm -hmm. beat the tight end. Um, Casey yep. Tuhill, I thought, played well, good energy. Um, you know, like that, those guys, we expected them to play well. I thought they played well. And then, um, you know, other than that, like outside that defensive line rotation, I'm not sure there's a lot to be like super excited about. You know, Percy, I thought showed good hustle at times, you know, running down the quarterback on his own read. But those are the kind of plays you're picking out or like these very select like, oh, this guy made a good effort here. This guy made a good effort there. Uh, but as a whole, I thought the defense just kind of, you know, didn't look great. You know, they felt like they were kind of asleep on the first drive of the game for where, where they scored the touchdown. But um you know, they got the win. They did enough to win. And I think that um, that's important. Yeah. You, uh, the one great uh, play from Forbes flashing on in the row. Oh, yeah, the, that was great. Um, you know, but again, like one play here, one play there does not make for a, an excellent performance. Defense definitely felt like it did not have a good day, um, but they got the win. But uh, not a bad nice. day. It wasn't a good yeah. day, but it wasn't a bad day. And I think. They didn't like group. bow up for a couple of three and outs. And like yeah. those, those are easy to forget because they happen so quickly, but like right. they matter tremendously. And, and um, I will it say puts this. a tired, it puts a tired Baltimore defense back on the field quickly and the offense was able to take advantage of that stuff. So like they they did give up these long sustained drives, but there's, then they would bounce back and be like, all right, we're good. We're done. We're out of here. Um, yeah. And then the offense could, could go down and score. Yeah. And I think like, it's, it's important to note, like they were only on the field for 22 snaps in the first, first half compared to 43 for our offense, you know, so like that is a, there is something there to that point where they were able yeah. to get off the field when they had to, it didn't. And I will say like, when you're watching this defense uh, generally, there's times where it doesn't look good. And you're like, oh man, like that, that first down run got five yards. Oh, incomplete pass on second down. It's third and five. Oh, it, they're batted ball. Oh, they're punting. Oh, okay, great. And I felt like that's kind of how the defense operates at times where it's not always super clean but they are effective. And I felt like maybe they fell into that a little bit in the first half, made enough plays to get the, get, get them to punt the ball to, to your point. And then they made the big play on the interception. So, um, you know, I think we're kind of hemming and hawing, but I think our standard and our expectation yeah. for the defense is very, very high. That's true. And it was a boomer bust day, which is not, I think what we expect for this defense when the best players are out there, but it was, you know, they give up six play touchdown drive three and out. Uh, they get the pick after giving up a 10 play drive two play drive for a touchdown um, with the penalty in there uh, end of half. And then give up a touchdown on the first play, That's 10 why. play, 85 yeah. yard drive, three and out again, touchdown, three and out, four and out, uh, and then the the pick at the end of the game. So very boomer bust kind of day, but yeah. um, you know that is what it is. Uh, last but not least, because I'm on long snapper duty, yikes, yeah. man, cheese, cheese, rock skipping one back there. Um, I've not had a chance to do any reporting on this yet, but I'm putting it on myself to do it. Um, and it does not look like Rivera was asked about this after the game, but they have got to bring in competition and, and see who can win a snapper's job. Or like, I don't know, man, I don't know how hard it is to revert to your old technique where you didn't you didn't bounce them back there. And I, you know, I, I hate that that sounded like harsh and mean and like I'm yelling at Cameron Cheeseman, but like long snappers is not a position that you should have to worry about. And it's, there's too many good ones out there. It's a positional overload in the NFL um, you know, you have a million dudes who snapped in college who did yeah. just fine. And, and I don't know what makes an, I, mean, I guess the, the timing on the stopwatch is what makes like an NFL long snapper, but he was a good NFL long snapper for three years. And then he changed the technique thing. And now he's got snaps that are all over the place. And that's just not, that's not going to work. Um, trust way, an absolute G to get that ball down. It's uh, weird. I, I would be interested to just ask him like why yeah. he felt the need to change. Like what, like what? because like it is it's like your golf swing you know it's like if you've got a good swing and got a good groove like I, I'm, I'm speaking from experience i did a little snapping in the nfl and that 
it's the second I felt like I didn't have the same grip or the, the, the approach wasn't the same. I felt like I was totally out of the zone. So it's weird. I don't know, man. It'd be interesting to ask him. Like uh, that'd be an interesting, like one-on-one, like, why did you feel like you needed to change it? You know, yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how my schedule goes on Thursday. Um, see what, what, uh, I, I'm hoping to get, a. Uh, a sit down interview and if i can also get cheeseman outside of the sit down then we'll see but um yeah that's all i got for you on the long snapper but polardi nice nice day punting hopefully yeah. it's job somewhere good, good for job, him man, man. And yeah. it, like that's so good what's, that those what's guys up with uh, them by the way signing Tressway uh backup punter so trust doesn't have to kick in the preseason and then having them wear number zero yeah dude it's like it's a cool I don't know. It's cool that they get to come in and, and audition. It's cool they get a cool number. Yeah, it's cool that it's they both punted well, you know. So yeah, no, great for them. I just what's up with the number zero thing? It's I, kind I, of wacky. I'm, I'm, I think in, I'm in on it. I like it. Yeah, no, I am too. I just think it's funny. And there's Agents, also only so many numbers available. They got a Agent ninety man roster right now. Yeah, punter, punter. <laughs> and you pro- and you, honestly, you probably don't want duplicate. Like that's probably what it is. You probably don't want a duplicate number. So it's really easy to just be like, hey, punter, take zero, and then we don't have like two tens on the field at the same time. So right, right. Um, all right. Uh, I think I think that's all. Um, there's not a lot of special teams uh, talk other than that. Uh, Kaz had the one good return. That was the, really the only return on the day. Um, yeah, a good, good good decision by Dax on the first punt of the game where it goes over yeah. his head and in for a touchback. And again, like I mentioned, uh, Bryson Tremaine playing gunner. Like that was good to see that. He showed that in the joint yeah. practice too. So, you know, guys I think are, are doing good stuff. Um, yeah. So, yeah. All right, uh, we'll be back later this week uh, with some thoughts on practice uh, when they get back to it on Wednesday and then uh, obviously a preview of the game and what, who we uh, think is on the bubble on Friday or on Saturday for the game against Cincinnati. That's it and that's all for Take Command and we will see you later in the week.